welcome here to the program. Good to be with you, friends. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky behind the mic. Your 24-7 sanity lifeline, because I'm only here one hour a day, but of course the podcast is always up. Uh, go to, uh, what is it? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and there it is. What's Right Show. Perfect. Well, listen, news from California that matters. Whether you're right here in Las Vegas or anywhere else, it seems that even the crazy leftists are absolutely beyond themselves when it comes to rising crime and this idea that we can reason with criminality and that we need to attack crime with social work instead of good old-fashioned policing and law enforcement. Now, the two races that are of, of critical importance and concern are the, as a recall race up in San Francisco, Chesa Boudin, who really is not unlike many other politicians across the country, is pushing a significant amount of this social justice reform and restorative justice agenda and failing really to prosecute criminals to the point where it is now in San Francisco a city of total lawlessness. He was recalled last night. He's crying about it today. He was saying that it was essentially the work of mean, terrible billionaires. Here's what, um, oh, we don't have the clip. I, I got to get this clip for you because this is, this is, he was, um, oh, here we go. This is, this is Chessa just last night. People are right to be frustrated. There's so much room for improvement. People should hold all of us to a higher standard. The right-wing billionaires outspent us three to one. They exploited an environment in which people are appropriately upset. And they created an electoral dynamic where we were literally shadow boxing. We were literally shadow boxing, is what he says, against these invisible enemies and forces. There is no acknowledgement of the cause and effect between reducing enforcement of laws and rising criminality. It blows my mind. Now, I was on this morning and really enjoy always being when I have an opportunity to be with Alan Stock, who's on mornings here, 8 to 9. Fantastic show. Great way to start your day here on KXNT. And I, we were talking about this issue, and I one thing that I, I raised as a point is that, that there's always been a divide in San Francisco, a divide that I think holds true to some extent here in uh, Nevada, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a second, but the divide in San Francisco is not between Republican and Democrat because I think they did an informal census and found three and a half Republicans in San Francisco. So they are not, well, I'm... I'm joking. I mean, there are more than three and a half of them, but there's not a lot of them, okay? So the ones that are there are, of pol are politically inconsequential, is what I mean. The fight, the political, the, the, the real tension between, if there are two groups, are between something which, which and this is, they call it, this is a, a real thing in San Fran, neighborhood Democrats and downtown Democrats. What do you think is the difference? It's funny. The, so the neighborhood Democrats are the ones that are sick and tired of homelessness and crime. 
they have kids, the kids want to play outside, they want the parks to be clean, you know, they want to be able to send their kid to the park to play in the sandbox, not worry about their child stepping on a hypodermic needle. And the downtown Democrats, well, they're just full of crap is what they are because they, they want to create this fantasy world with homelessness out of control, but they live in guarded, secure, high-rise condominium towers. They're very wealthy, oftentimes uh, far wealthier than even those you know, white privilege Republicans that they're always complaining about. But nonetheless, these folks uh, have, are the, these are, this is the power base for people like Chesa Boudin. And what his recall numbers is something 60%, right? This is a very, uh, very high number. What, what this tells me is that the downtown Democrats had enough. That's the takeaway. Now, how does this loop back here and how does it matter to Nevada, specifically to Las Vegas? There's a divide among Democrats right here in the state. Well, I would call them Nevada Democrats and California Democrats. <laughs> well, well, what do you think the difference is there? See, the California Democrats that came with, they've got these ideas. They think that these are the kind of things that, that matter, that they, they, they want restorative justice. They want to defund the police. They want community organizers and social workers uh, working with the homeless. Uh, they're, they're completely, not, I don't want to say ignorant, willfully ignorant, okay, of the fact that there is an enormous criminal element to homelessness, a drug element to homelessness. And they want to solve this by talking and reasoning with people instead of prosecuting them, throwing them to jail for property crimes, getting them off the street when they break the law, enforcing the laws that are on the books, and so forth and so on. We have an important election here in Las Vegas to this effect, and it's, it's a war between two Democrats. Ozzy Fumo is challenging for district attorney Steve Wolfson now, could we do better than Steve Wolfson? Certainly. I have no doubt. But Wolfson at least wants to enforce the law, and Ozzy Fumo has, well, he's just, he's, he's coming, he's the attacker from the left. Now, Ozzy is not a, a California a Democrat per se. He's not from California. He's been here a long time. But nonetheless, you see there is a divide between more radical Democrats and more conservative Democrats, big time here in Nevada. And what happens is there are, there are real, actual shifts that occur when the conservative Democrats peel off, join the Republicans, and say enough is enough. And that is what you see happening in San Francisco, and it is what to some extent we saw occur in LA. Now the LA mayoral race really came down to two candidates. Now it's down to two candidates, certainly actually. Rick Caruso and Karen Bass, they're headed to the November runoff. In LA County, if you get fifty over fifty percent of the vote, it's fifty percent plus one votes, you immediately you'll you'll win automatically outright the race. No no uh, no runoff. Uh, but uh, basically Caruso uh, had forty two percent to Karen Bass's 37%, that seem, those numbers seem to be holding today. Now, uh, this is, I, I mentioned yesterday, Caruso is a very, very well-known guy in, in California, certainly in Southern California. He's built, I think, 12, 18, something 
shopping, famous big shopping centers, number of apartment buildings, major real estate developer. He sits on the board of the Irvine Company, which is, I think, the largest private landholder in Orange County. Uh, he is on the board of trustees of USC. All right, he's a very, very well-to-do, busy guy. And my short take on Caruso is that he's a pragmatic. He understands the functions of government between the private and public sector. Developers, unique among the various professions out there, are no strangers to City Hall. They understand how city government operates because they have to navigate all of that, dealing with entitlements, you know, and all the all the issues that that come to, come with you know developing, building a piece of property, and and having government oversight. I know one of the elements of his campaign, which I love, is removing land decision uses from city council uh, to deter corruption. I, mean, I think he understands well how corrupt City Hall is in Los Angeles. But I frankly am a little surprised he didn't get more votes. Because I have heard that there is an absolute quiet simmering furor in Southern California in LA County over the rise in crime, the homeless situations out of control, the encampments, the brazen, brazen, you know, daytime attacks, the follow home robberies. One of my close friends is a Beverly Hills police officer. I think I've mentioned this to you before. He just, he just laments to me the the fact that he will will catch a guy, you know, armed robbery big you know major felony and the person will be out on the street no bail 24 hours later that is the doing of course of the district attorney in los angeles gascon is his name and until he is recalled that will continue because the mayor's office really there's a degree of independence between the mayor's office and the uh, district attorney and the district attorney being the chief law enforcement officer does control this so I hope Gascon will see what's going up in San Francisco, but I don't think so. To all of you saying, well, ah, that'll show him. He'll correct his ways and change how he does things. I, I don't agree. And the reason I don't agree is because I don't think they've made the causal connection. I think Chesa Boudin actually believes that he just had, you know, had, had dark money come into the race and, and, and influenced people to vote against him. I think he does not understand the level of anger in the community, the fact that the community is connecting the dots, that what the district attorney is doing, or in this case not doing, is directly leads, leading to, to, to crime rate soaring. So I, I, this, is, this is all stuff to follow, but it's very important to watch it, friends, because while we're here in Nevada, we're here in Las Vegas, we could make all of these same uh, problems here for ourselves by voting in the wrong idiot to run us and the important races of course are always the city council mayor and county commission and district attorney not to mention of course the the guys that we send up to uh, to Carson City to represent us in the assembly and we're at a precipice, and, and, and the, the thing is, is that the reason that if you own a home here in Las Vegas and you've owned it, let's say, longer than four years, 
It's worth a few more dollars today than it was then, right? And some of that is the general economic climate across the country, but I'm telling you a lot of it has to do with the political situation in California. It is driving people to leave California, driving people to leave New York, driving people to come here from less friendly, economically friendly climates. And that influx certainly has put pressure on our market and, and raised prices, which in turn has improved your standing if you're a homeowner, financially speaking. And this, all this matters because if LA, if California actually begins to reform some of this stuff and pull back from the craziness, they've got the weather, they've got the beaches. Uh, people are more likely to stay. And the more likely they are to stay, the less interest there is in coming to Vegas. And the other part of this is, is if we adopt this, if we get sucked into this insanity of believing that we need social workers instead of cops, there's not a lot redeeming here in Vegas if our streets become as criminally infused as they are in Los Angeles. And that's the cold, hard truth from a guy that loves, loves the city. So these are important things to follow. All right, I want to talk COVID. I've blissfully not talked about it. There's an interesting statistic that puts into perspective the reality between what we did, how we regulated everything, all the doomsday people that predicted the end of civilization as we know it, and of course, something I like to call reality. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here. I'll be back after this. Accountability after an accident means more than just a settlement check. It means getting you back to 100%. We hold the insurance company accountable for what they owe you. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, tis I, Sam Rajofsky. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Happy to be with you. This time last year, or I should say Memorial Day, so just, what, a week ago? Guess what the statistics are on COVID year over year. This, to me, is fascinating. I'll start with the numbers. The numbers, apparently, in reported COVID-19 infection levels were nearly six times higher this year than they were last. Let me say that again. This last holiday weekend, what, week and, week and a half ago, COVID infection levels were six times higher than they were 12 months earlier. Do you even know that? No, I'm, no, no, I'm asking because that's, that's, the, that's the conversation to have, right, with people? Because if you didn't know that, if you didn't read the story, if you didn't look at the data, I think you would have felt very different this year than you did last. Last year, we were all running around, freaking out, masked up, pushing vaccines, worried that the end was near. In my case, I was worried that the end was not near of any of the insanity. So anyway... What's the difference? It's just perception. That's it. You know, I, 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 how many people right now do you know, currently, that you know, that you're aware of, that have come down with COVID in the last two weeks? I'm a pretty social person, and for me, it's quite a lot. 
are any of them I remember early on, of course, there were hospitalizations, but we didn't know what, what this was, right? But, you know, that was early 2020. Now, how are we dealing with this? Well, we're treating it like a flu, except for the fact that you're, you're you know, you, you, you cannot enter polite society, right? You've got to quarantine yourself until you feel better. So we are getting now to a point where we, where we should have been a lot earlier, We're just accepting this as a disease that we have to live with. And the only reason is, is that people have grown bored of it and have moved on to other things. Wink, wink, monkeypox. Which, by the way, now they're telling us is uh, airborne. Even though it seems to be largely a sexually transmitted disease among promiscuous people. Look there, looking at you, party people. I'm not going to say any more about it. I've already had that discussion here and gotten in trouble for it. So here we go. So then, yeah, they're back to the masking thing. Oh, monkeypox. We are such a brand-driven society, aren't we? It's funny, because if if we give something a name or a brand, all of a sudden we can talk about it. It becomes a news cycle. It becomes something we can obsess over. Nobody obsesses over the flu. I have a friend who's talking to a friend who is in his mid-60s, and he had a flu two weeks ago that floored him. And then for the first time since the pandemic began, he, he finally came down with the Rona. So he's got it right now. I talked to him yesterday and he's telling me, this is great. He goes, Sam, the flu I had two weeks ago really put me out. I mean, that was bad. I kept testing, thinking I had COVID, nothing. And now, I, now I'm testing positive and now I've got COVID and I, I, I feel tired, but overall, okay. We cannot, we cannot let them take any steps backwards on this. Now, I suspect part of it is, too, not only are we fatigued by all this nonsense, but we also have elections in the air. And elections have a way of making power-hungry, bossy politicians less likely to want to interfere with our lives, which is delightful. I think we should have elections more often because this is fantastic. Uh, I do. I do. I really do. It was like this in California. Masks went away until Gavin Newsom survived the recall. Do you remember this? And then the minute he survived the recall, well, ta-da, the masks came back. And it was a lot of contention in California over all this. And the, the, I will say another thing about this is fascinating. Here in Vegas, if you are listening to this program and you live in L.A., let me tell you something about Vegas. By the way, great place to live. Come here. Uh, right now it's a bit toasty, but overall, Vegas is fantastic. You, you need to be here, especially if you're sick of Los Angeles. But I digress. In L.A., everyone is still obsessing over COVID, while here in Vegas, I don't, people don't really talk about it anymore. We're over it. People get it. They stay home. They get better. They come to work. Hospitals aren't affected. We don't see, you know, we don't see an uptick, you know, significant in in overall deaths. Different from this time of year. This is is all encouraging news. But then ABC News runs a story like this six times higher, and immediately the panic porn begins, and they you know, start saying the doom's falling, they need to, need, to, need to enact measures. They need to enact any measures. We need to live our lives. And please, for, for, for dear goodness sakes, get, keep the kids out of this. 
They need to enjoy a summer doing activities, summer school, whatever it is, being social and not being worried about any of this nonsense. All right, when we come back, the Kavanaugh arrest is actually a lot more disturbing than it's being reported. A guy outside of his house with a gun. I want to talk about this. This, this to me, is, is actually a really huge story, and it's just becoming a byline today. I'll explain what I mean by that. And some cancer drugs, encouraging news. I'll explain that. Don't go anywhere. What's Right Show, Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Sam and Ash here with a What's Right PSA. If you've been hurt and a lawyer reaches out to you first, run the other way. It's unethical and honest lawyers don't do it. Don't let your lawyer choose you. If a tow truck driver, mechanic, or anyone at the ER tells you which injury lawyer to hire, chances are that person has a shady deal with the lawyer. Don't risk your future with a crooked lawyer. Choose the law firm you know you can trust. Call us 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Common sense conservatism delivered daily. Uh, Friends, look, I didn't, well, who didn't predict this? I guess Nancy Pelosi's husband has had all charges dropped against him in his DUI up in Napa. I've seen some reports uh, from Police that are frustrated, I guess, by all this, what all this happened. They're frustrated, and so they're, they're speaking out uh, that maybe there was an intervention by the governor himself in this. This is uncorroborated, so I will report back to you on this uh, if uh, further information becomes available. But again, this is what privilege looks like. And I think the most... To me, the most offensive privilege, quite honestly, is the, the, the one that comes from abusing public office and the power that that holds. So hopefully that is not the case. But again, Paul Pelosi, husband of Nancy Pelosi, who was arrested uh, about 10 days ago up in Napa, California, drunk driving, caused an accident actually, has had all charges dropped against him. Okay, now... Far more serious to me is this uh, armed man that was arrested one o'clock in the morning in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house in suburban Maryland. Justice Kavanaugh lives in a town I've been to a couple times called Chevy Chase. Yep, that's an actual spot, Chevy Chase. The the putative assailant, the would-be assassin. Nicholas John Roski, 26, of California, from Simi Valley, which is uh, north, of, north of L.A. He has some links to Seattle as well. So, uh, so this guy, he is, um, he is in, um, in, in front of his house. He gets out of a cab. The marshals kind of that are protecting the house are observing him. He goes and walks up the street where he proceeds to call 911. I think it was a diversionary tactic. He's trying to call 911 to draw the attention of, of police, they, but there's enough, I guess, manpower there that they're able to send a couple guys, and he's ultimately apprehended. Now, here's what he had in his backpack. 
He had a black tactical chest rig, tactical knife, pistol with two magazines, ammunition, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, a screwdriver, a nail punch, a crowbar, a pistol light. Jeez Louise. He's like the Mary Poppins of Antifa. Okay, duct tape and other items, according to the affidavit filed by the marshals. His plan was to break into the house, kill the justice, and then kill himself. Now, I'm telling you that the, the Biden administration is letting this thing get out of control. And what I mean is I think it's time to begin pushing back at these protesters that are this, this mayhem that is occurring in front of Justin Kavanaugh's house and Alito's house and other justices' homes following the unlawful or premature, we'll call it, release of a draft opinion in what would be a watershed abortion rights claim. I've mentioned this before that there is a U.S. code, 18 U.S. Code 1503, and it, has, uh, it, it forbids specifically influencing or injuring officers or jurors generally. And the part of it that I, that I, uh, I want to get at, that whoever corruptly or by threats of force endeavors to influence, intimidate, or impede any officer of any court, meaning a judge, is guilty of this section. It's, it's, uh, it can be a class A or B felony if there's an attempted killing, right? So this is, and, and by the way, without the attempted killing, 10 years. The Biden administration is letting these protesters, this zoo, this environment. I've been looking at videos this morning, I, I thought I would, I would kind of see if, if things have died down. They haven't. There's people out there with bullhorns. They're in front of his house. If you think of a Supreme Court justice and how he might live or she might live, it, it's not a particularly grand lifestyle. I don't know what they make a year, but they certainly would make a lot more as practicing lawyers with, with the, you know, certainly the skills that they have. So it's not a particularly well-paid gig, and they live, generally speaking, fairly modestly. And the home, and I can see it in these photos, the home that he lives in is, is much like a place you or I would live in where there's a front yard, there's a sidewalk in front of it, and there's people right in front of his house. I mean, they're 15 feet from the front door, 20 feet from the front door. And there's been no effort to disperse it. Why? Well, because ultimately the Justice, Admin, uh, uh, the Justice Department the Attorney General of the United States, who is Merrick Garland, appointee of none other than the President, Joe Biden, they have a vested interest in these protesters staying there and being there. Their interest is they want the judges, they want the Supreme Court justices who are ruling or seem to be signaling the way that they are on issues like gun control and abortion rights, they want them to be intimidated. That's the perverse secret that nobody's saying out loud. They're complicit in this. I think we're very fortunate that the police were there and able to do this and that it happened at 1.50 in the morning. But how much more successful could something like this be affected if it's at a time when there are a ton of people outside the front door, right? You could hide in a crowd. I mean, there are real problems with this. 
Now, I am always consistent. I, I, I think I am. I believe, I believe that I am. If this was the other way around, and I don't know, it was one of the liberal justices trying to put in gun control or some issue I did not agree with. And we had a zoo pandemonium in front of her house or his house. And you had this kind of stuff, armed threats that serious, you know, att attempted murder charges, by the way, are going to be filed against this guy. Uh, I would be railing against it as well. You know, we're, we're not a mob justice country. This is not how this works, in my view. So I, I, I think for anyone rejoicing, yeah, get out there and protest and let them hear you scream. I'm seeing these, these videos, by the way, of people. What do you think these people look like that are in front? Who has time on a weekday at three in the afternoon or nine in the morning to go out and protest for a few hours in front of a house somewhere in suburban Maryland? Well, yeah, you have the serially unemployed. You've, you've got the teachers now that it's summer. Who else is out there? Uh, you got, I, see, I see a fair amount of people that look like they might be retired. But it really does take a special group of people. I, do, I don't have time to protest. I mean, there's plenty of issues that I have very strong feelings about. And I barely have time to put together the show for all of you. So I do that as a public service here during my day. But, but frankly, this is the, the kind of people drawn out. They're all, you're already dealing with a group of crazies. This is combustible and dangerous. And if anything goes sideways, the Biden administration will have blood on their hands. And that is the word on this. All right, when we come back, yes, there is a major development in an experimental cancer drug. I want to share this with you because this, to me, is great news we can all agree on. You don't want to go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Sam Marjofsky here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Jofsky here. You're listening to the What's Right show. Grateful to be with you today. You know, I, I almost feel bad about something I said earlier in the program about, you know, Vegas needing to stay crime-free. Otherwise, what do we have here? It's not exactly true. We've got a lot of great things here. And if you know me, you know that I am a cheerleader for this town in a very major way. And permit me here just for a second. Let me uh, let me share this with you because, you know, I I remember exactly the decisions that led to me coming here, and and I'll admit they were, at the time, largely economic. So I was in a in a position where I was selling a company, and I was looking around me in California. I go, look, this is a lot of taxes, and I could you know I could move 270 miles away, and avoid all this stuff. I also had an opportunity to start a new business, and I thought, well, I don't really want to start in California because I'm really sick of this place. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It was my home for most of my life. But I was sick of it. I was constantly disappointed of getting violated every year by the tax man and getting no value in return. Right? What was my value? What I'm giving all this money to the state of California. What are they doing with it? They're, they're basically working against me in almost every regard. So 
uh, I, I picked up and I, I moved here, moved to Vegas. And the most fascinating thing happened, and I know since many of you listen from out of state, I, I will say this, that I, I think this could happen to you too, or you to move here. And that is that I fell in love with it. Number one thing that I love about Vegas, believe it or not, is, is not the food. The food here is spectacular. But the number one thing that I love about Nevada in general and Vegas specifically are the people. Whether you're born and raised or you've come here in the last couple years, three years like me, or you've been on the ground for a few months. Now, we all have a story and, and we're all here and we've stayed here for a reason. And we're a little bit crazy, right, to endure these summers. We're a little bit we're okay with chaos and dealing with roads that are a nightmare, traffic cones everywhere, gravel flying through the air, crazy driving. We're okay. We deal with all that. And, and we're, we're, people here are very down to earth, actually, compared to where I lived in Orange County in California and L.A. Oh, my gosh, my friends that have moved here from L.A., it's just they're beside themselves how, how kind people are. Go to the store, people are actually nice to you. And if you're local here and been local for a long time and you think I'm wrong about this, it's all relative, okay, when it comes to kindness and, and human niceties. So this is a this is a special place that I will never leave. I, I'm just I'm so happy to be here. But it matters to me. It matters to me that we not become another California. And that's part of the reason why I do this show. I want to do my small part for those of you who've never lived in the Communist Republic of California and, and, and are flirting with some of these ideas that might seem seductive. Well, yeah, we don't want the cops to be social workers. We don't, we'll, we'll hire social workers to do social work. And lost in that messaging, for example, is the fact that the agenda is to prevent police officers from enforcing laws on petty crime and we of course know that petty crime leads to bigger crime leads to really big crime broken windows theory it's a real thing it's just one example that i'm throwing out there we don't need want nor can we afford this type of ideology to take root here it's failing everywhere else and but the reason I'm not encouraged by the fact that it's failing everyone else, everywhere else is because socialists will always try to remake communism. These people, I know them like the back of my hand, friends. How many times have you had a left-winger tell you uh, that, well, you know, communism, it, it, it just didn't get, it never got done right. <laughs> really, it was an execution problem, Sam. I said, well, yeah, there are plenty of executions. And yes, that was a problem, would be my reply. Right? It's not that it never got done right. It's because it cannot get done. Whenever it's done, it, it ends in disaster. It doesn't work. It defies the laws of physics. The way the economy works is based on human behavior. Ignoring human behavior is the number one pitfall of leftism. And it goes back to this restorative justice thing, right? 
it goes back to what we talk about here about Clark County schools. Here in Vegas, restorative justice. So a kid is disruptive in class. What do you do? Detention? No, we used to do that. But now, you know, we've got to be more sensitive. So instead of getting on the kid, you sit down, you talk to him, and the kid laughs. And a week later, he pushes the envelope further. And after a few rounds of chats, the envelope is so far that you have these beatdown videos. And even then, the student that pummeled that poor girl in the video and heard a teacher was back in the classroom the next day, just got moved from that particular teacher's classroom. No suspension, no expulsion, nope, not even a detention. Just a parent referral was back in class the next day. It sounds good on paper. It makes us feel good, doesn't it? Oh, we're going to talk to students and reason with them and get them to see the errors in their ways. But when the rubber hits the road, the reality check is it doesn't work. The reality is that it's a, it's a failing proposition because it completely ignores the truths of the human condition. And we as people, if we're given a pass to bad behavior, many among us will continue to do bad behavior and the behaviors will only worsen at the expense of all the good people in the room, right? Think of all the students when we're talking about school or think of all the people in our communities, the elderly, you know, can't, can't, you know, and some of these neighbors can't even, New York, you know, can't walk the streets anymore. So this is my, my concern. I'm, I'm here, I really want Nevada to stay Nevada. I came here as an outsider. I've fallen in love and I, I don't want to move ever again. But I have moved. I moved away from a state that I loved because it became unlivable and untenable. And I never, ever want that to happen here in Nevada. So that's just, I wanted to share that with you because I think it's an important part of my story. Maybe it's something you resonate with yourselves. You know, you, you, you have, you have a, 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 same, a similar experience or similar story. And if you feel like you're a little bit worried that you don't want California, you know, California values, California Democrats to take over Nevada Democrats, like I mentioned earlier, <laughs> well, you're, you're not alone. Now, speaking of some good news, because I, I, do, I do like to do that once in a while, there is uh, a story now, Science Alert published this uh, st uh, fascinating study it's a very small number of patients, but apparently in a study of patients for treating uh, for rectal cancer, a drug trial found that every single patient had that cancer successfully go into remission. Now, Dr. Luis Diaz from Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center said this, Quote, I believe this is the first time this has happened in the history of cancer, close quote. It's worth noting that the positive results have only been seen in 12 patients. The trial is ongoing. But all of whom had had tumors, genetic mutations, had seen their cancers recede. Now, I, I you know, I, it's, it's funny, you know, we... 
we get we get sidelined with things, right? We we look at COVID, for example, right? And all of a sudden, it's all we could ever talk about. The only illness you could come down with is COVID. The fact is that for two years, Americans, humans all over the planet, continued to die of cancer at unprecedented rates. And this is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And I, I hope that the good news on this front continues. And I realize that it's for a very specific cancer with specific conditions. But to see a breakthrough like this, I'm hoping that as they add uh, other patients to this trial that they continue to have successful results. Uh, we are long overdue for a breakthrough uh, to a disease that so far we've really only been able to manage. And that is to me, I think, something to celebrate. We can all get behind this. All right, friends, our hour together is up. It goes by so quick. If you, if you like the program, and, and again, I know you're not always available two to three in the afternoon. Maybe you're just tuning in today and happen to come across us. Uh, find the podcast. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple Podcasts on your phone. Find What's Right Show. And under What's Right Show, you'll find us. Click subscribe, and then you'll get every single one of our programs, inc- including our specials that we do when we're sometimes do you know podcast only interviews and things like that so you'll want to do that folks all right i'll be back here tomorrow what's tomorrow thursday wow the week's going by i'll be back here tomorrow i promise and look forward to chatting with you once again sam rajofsky what's right show news talk 840 kxnt